back to Professional Degenerates. I am your host, Alex Flay, and I'm joined by the very funny Hamad Shadri. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No, man. I'm glad to, ha- I'm glad to have you on. It's always cool to like promote new comedians. Now, tell people where you're from because you're a little bit more exotic than me with the full brown setup, and I've just got a pretty white dude with a ginger beard. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my background, I was born in Indonesia. In Indonesia, Indonesia, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But my original background is Pakistani. Yeah, right. Okay, so, cool. So I've been around the block. I've lived in different places and stuff, and um, yeah, that's it. Quite simple, actually. And you wound up in Perth. Yeah, I wound up in Perth, man. Mm. Fifteen years been here. Mm. Yeah. Well, two things I want to cover with you today. One is what I found up in the streets of Coburn, which I'll post. In, which I'll take a photo of and post when we do it. Yeah. But, um, I think this is very funny, finding this along the way, just in at, at random. So what are those handcuffs? Yeah, handcuffs, Velcro handcuffs uh, with uh, sexy written on them. I, I think it's for something kinky. So which, Where did you find them? Uh, I found them literally like at the stairs when I was like coming back from work last night. Yeah. So, what, yeah. What, what do you reckon happened? Like someone dropped them? Do you reckon they were being chased and it was like some sort of kink going on? Like I think something. I think someone was probably getting boofed on the balcony and they <laughs> dropped them. So that's what I like to think. Yeah. And the boofing was going too well for them to worry about the handcuffs. Mm. That's what I like to think. I'm going to keep them. Um, they're mine now. They're uh, pretty expensive, bro. They're like 90 bucks each. Yeah, they're, they're quite nice, man. Yeah. They're quite nice. Can I check them out? Of course. Can you break the chain easily if you wanted to? Um, yeah, bro. This is nothing, man. This is just like... I'd just go to fucking Pet Barn, bro, and just get, <laughs> get a fucking collar from there or some shit. You know, two collars. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure the bitch doesn't get out. No. <laughs> like, yeah, really this is escape-proof, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. But um, I want to talk to like a fucking... I'm going to talk about this with Omar and Sadi yeah. tomorrow, who are two very funny other young comedians. Um, like... How does like being like so? So you've been you're born in Indonesia. You originally originated from Pakistan, and I'm assuming you were raised in a Muslim household. Yeah, yeah. So like, how does that work with comedy? Like, is it does it change anything about it? Because I've seen your comedy; it's funny as shit. I fucking really love it. Um, Thanks. But like, how does that work with that? Like, does the um like do your parents get it? My parents don't get this shit. What I do, so like, mm. yeah. How, how does that work being a Muslim? The, the thing is, there's a lot of the jokes, a lot of the jokes that I'm, I'm putting out there now is it's a lot about like sexual nature, mm. but the undertone of it is that there is um, a deeper part of ourself that humans haven't explored just of yet, mm. and there's a lot of stigma around that in especially Muslim cultures, right? right. Especially sex, it's something that's not talked about. And this is where the kids get confused with because it's something that's so forbidden, so uh, taboo that we don't talk about it at all. Mm. And then the kids don't know how to deal with one of the most strongest and primal energies that is being activated in them through puberty. Mm. So when I talk about it in comedy, when I joke about it and stuff, I'm bringing a lightness to it. Mm. I'm taking the taboo off it. Yeah. So when it comes to like parents and stuff, yeah, you know, you got that general shame. Mm. You're like, fuck, man, should I say this? Like dad's in the crowd, you know what yeah. I mean? Like mom's in the crowd. They yeah. just think I'm a, I'm, I, a, I'm a nasty motherfucker. Yeah. But it's like, you got to you got to push past it, man. If it makes you laugh, like just, just put it out there. Yeah, uh, 100% with you there. Like I'll fucking... I'm trying to create this YouTube channel at the moment. Yeah. And 
what I think's really what I'm trying to do with it at the moment is there's going to be three characters involved. Here. This is the image in my head, and I'm going to get um, either Omar Omar Osadi and then another comedian like David Morgan Brown, who's such a white dude. Yeah, and then the, there's me, who like depending on what what time and place you see me, I either may have looked like I have committed a hate crime at one point in my life <laughs> or I may be looking like a real hippie sort of dude. Yeah. So depending on what time and place you see me. And like we were going to do street talk and we were going to go around and say ridiculous shit to people. Like, you know, a funny thing to say would be and comment on Facebook and you can say what questions you want people to ask. But we're going to get like Saudi dressed up in full Arab gear to go up and be like, it's a very economically dark time in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, how much in this uh, economic climate, how much do you think your daughter um, would go for as far as her hand in marriage go for, you know, something Mm. like that? Or then I would go up to people like, nightlife is fucking expensive these days, isn't it? And be like, yeah, the cost of beer is ridiculous. I was like, yeah, you know, a few years ago, golden shower was much cheaper, but now it's got me fucked, Mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a very funny image in my head. Mm. I don't know how it would quite play out, but I'm I'm keen to try it. Yeah. So yeah, and then also have the because I had this one joke how like um, extreme conservatives and right wing people have like they conspiracy like they have these really funny wildish outlandish conspiracy theories, and one conspiracy theory they had a few years ago was Muslims were taking over the world, and the joke was it's like. Dude, you're a conservative. Surely you want to live in that world, you know? Live in a world where, like, you know, women do as they're told and cover up and you can kill them if they cheat on you. Mm. And, like, the point was, it's like, yeah, extreme conservatives in this country have a lot in common with extreme Muslims. It's amazing they don't get along better, you know? Mm. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, can you imagine if there was, like, an American, like a hell patriot American who who went through cryogenics, like, froze himself Mm. in the 90s? during the height of the wars and everything yeah and they come back in the year 2022 mm. which is now yeah in the height of all the face masks and shit yeah and they just come out and then they're like first thing they look at it is they're like fuck damn muslims won yeah they got, <laughs> they, they got everyone covering yeah. their face you know <laughs> even the fucking men that's a very good bit yeah i fucking love that image so i was just, i was like fuck man because I, I, for a moment during the whole face mask period, there was a point where I w- wore a mask. I just couldn't breathe. Uh. And I felt like, fuck, man, like Muslim women must go through this like yeah. all the time. Like the ones who like fully cover their face. Yeah. Must be difficult. It must be. Like it's it's not for me personally. Mm. Um, but You got a nice beard. You got to show that off. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. You too, bro. I appreciate yeah, it, man. Good, just stroking each other's cocks. Yeah, I know. yeah what you, that's what you're not seeing. This is why this is an audio podcast only. Yeah, yeah. What they don't realize is every time you pay me a compliment, I rip out one more anal bead. He, he's not joking. This yeah, is, yeah. The, the handcuffs were actually his. Um, he made a whole backstory. Mm. This is not even a real podcast yet. He wants to kidnap me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, this is kind of why it would. Uh, I, I was very upset Sadi and Omar couldn't be here. We were just going to turn it into like a... A brown on white gangbang. You know? <laughs> so your fetish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah. That's my fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, bro. No yeah. one's judging. It's oh, cool. You know, you know, no one judges these days. Um, I mean, that's part of the, the rant I'm doing. This hasn't been released for a while, so no one's actually going to see this. Yeah. And I'm not promoting any shows. Oh, I don't promote any of my shows. But um, I fucking uh, am doing this bit tonight. Where like I rant about people who haven't caught COVID yet and are bragging about it, mm. like it's going to be my intro bit, 
And because I do find them kind of pretentious. It's like, I'm not really like pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. I'm kind of pro-choice when it comes to the matter. Um, but when it comes to this fucking people bragging that they haven't caught COVID yet, I'm like, yeah, that's because you're staying at home watching fucking Stranger Things all the time, all right? Mm. I'm out there exchanging bodily fluids with sex workers, all right? Mm. COVID is the last thing I'm worried about catching. True. You know, have so- you had it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I How have. was it? It wasn't that bad, honestly. Yeah. It was like just a, like the weeks after, there was a slightly persistent cough. I had headaches for a little bit, um, but really it wasn't that bad. Like it, it, it was kind of just like a, a medium to bad level cold. Yeah. That's really all it was. Yeah, I had it for one day and then it was gone, but that one day was really shit. Mm. It was fucked. Yeah. I had like a headache and couldn't taste anything, but then it was gone so quick that it, it just, I was like, that's it. And I guess everyone gets it differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everyone's got a different immune system, different way to respond, different reactions. But it's just weird, bro. Last two years, mm. just absolute chaos. Shit's been shutting down and now everything just opened up. Yeah. Like it was, I was traveling in Melbourne just recently and everyone was just back to normal. Like no one's wearing masks, everyone in the road, they're in the cafes, they're enjoying their food and shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I still get really weird. Like I was at my sister's wedding this last week and, um, I still get really weirded out when I see someone like the, the the fucking the whole system's changed and everything. I still get weirded out when I see someone wearing a mask because it's like, why are you still doing that? It's like, yeah, like surely are you still that worried? It's like, true. It, it's 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 really bizarre to me, you know, for for someone to be wearing like choose to be wearing a mask. Like I can't fathom it. Mm. Like I'm not. I don't want to seem like I'm criticizing it, but I am, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, um, the thing is, bro, like, uh, you know, during this whole period, I just, I saw this really savage side of humans hmm. and the savage side was more or less like humans falling into fear and how they behave in fear. Yeah. And that can be very, very animalistic. They can turn on you, especially if you chose not to wear a mask, if you chose not to vaccinate, you're a complete you know, outsider. Mm. And when you become that outsider, it's like you're consistent, you're just labeled into this one category of anti, anti-vax, anti-masker. Yeah. And you're just treated like a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And I felt that during the whole thing, mm. during the whole pandemic phase, because I'm not vaccinated, no Oops. mask. Fuck yeah. So I, I, I got a lot of backlash from mm. it, even from friends, family and community, like they just didn't understand. Mm. But my, my argument's like, we've been around 200 fucking thousand years. Mm. We have seen a lot of natural disasters. We have seen chaos. We have seen disease. Yet we are still resilient moving on this planet. Yeah. We've got an immune system that's built for this. Yeah, of course. It's, right? like, it's fucking like pathetic yeah. that we're re- not relying on it more, you know? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's kind of got me fucked a bit how, like, you're dead right in terms of fucking how much... Uh, people get fucking like how aggressive people are to put it back on you. If they find out you didn't want to get vaccinated. Cause I had to get vaccinated. I had to do it to keep my job at the time, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fair. Like, like, which is actually, it's, it's not fine. The f- government is fucked, but um, like that was the choice I had to deal with. I admire people like you, my roommate, and I believe Corey white who like yeah. fucking stood their ground and saying, no, nah, I'm not getting this shit. It's yeah. like, Fucking hats off to you, bro. It's like, because not many other people were willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other people had fucking obligations, like 
family or things like that where they had to keep making a job but you know i strongly and i, and I strongly feel for like everyone in my family got vaccinated mm. you know what i mean and th- some of them didn't want to but they had to because they needed to travel for business and work and i have no judgments on them whatsoever but for me it was just like man like some things in life they're worth dying for yeah and i needed to stay true because i trust my immune system i was out in the amazon fucking jungle man two years in the bush you know what I mean? No, no medicine, just working with plants. I was able to see a side of the human body, which is unbelievable. Not just in me, but in all humans. Mm. And that just brought a lot of trust in me to just trust humans. So what were you doing in the Amazon over there? I was researching uh, psychedelics and the indigenous use of ayahuasca in um ceremonial setting for spiritual healing. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. I don't know if my onesie gives it away, but I'm kind of well, really I, I, into you psychedelics. Know, I, I really just locked into the onesie and I was like, fuck, that makes sense Yeah, now. yeah. That fucking makes sense Yeah, now. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a lot of conversations off the podcast. Maybe yeah. we should do another episode later down the line where we just come on and talk about psychedelics. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. down. I'm yeah. down. I love psychedelics. I would man. love to do that. I'd love to do an episode where we do shrooms. And we just don't tell people that we were on shrooms. Yeah. And then they have to guess it. And like, I'll say now, like, yeah, I'm going to do psychedelic. I'm going to do drugs on air sometime down the line. And uh, and I just won't tell them. And it's like, yeah, you have to guess. Yeah. yeah can- Am I behaving any differently? Yeah. Can you hold your shit together though? I can most of the time. I've had one freak out. Um, How was the freak out? Oh, man. I got naked in the middle of the street. I tried killing myself. I thought the world was ending. My my friends, my good friend Mark. Thank God he was. Wait, there. wait, 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 wait. What did you take? I took three tabs of LSD at once. Okay, is that a lot? Yes, yes, it is. Um, okay, and then how, how how did you just get naked? Like, was it? Was it I literally were you in a house first? The clo- yeah, I was in a house. My friends came and picked me up. I got out of the car. Did they know you were nursing? Yes. That's okay. Why they came to pick okay. me up okay. to look after me? Okay, so you called them. Yeah, I was like, guys, I'm. I'm <laughs> Oi, gee, that's yeah. that, that's awesome for calling them, man. Sometimes you can be tripping the fuck out, and you're like, "Nah, I got this." Oh man, like I, I have this. such good friends of mine. Like if they called me with anything, I'd come and look after them. But like after that, it didn't turn me off drugs. It just told me, okay, respect them. The thing is, because I've done more tabs than that in the past. Yeah, but I've spread it out over hours. I never did just three at once. Dosage is key, man. Yeah. So, also, so, so you you got naked. I got naked in the middle of the street. Um, I thought the cops were chasing us. Were uh, they? No, they weren't. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what made you think they were chasing you then? I don't like. <laughs> There's like helicopters and shit flying. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I they're just after saw me. Lights everywhere, and I thought the I, thought, I saw fireballs falling from the sky. Holy shit! And like my friend's face literally aged before me. Like it, it literally aged. He he turned into an old man before my very eyes. Same person though. Same person. Same very person. And then, and then my uh, my other friend Jem, this is a couple I'm very good friends with. She like she morphed into the woman that is my boss in the front seat, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm still wigging out. And then there were only three of us in the car, so that they they were in the front seat. I thought I was in the back seat, and um, I'm like just extraterrestrial tripping balls, and I thought there were more people in the back seat with me. I felt crowded. And I don't know why. That's why I kept on getting out of the car because it's like, I'm crowded. Oh, you could, well, you could, couldn't breathe? Yeah, it felt like that. And I'm not a claustrophobic person. Like yeah, I've yeah. done underground mining and um, fucking confined spaces and things like mm. that. So uh, like tight spaces don't hold much fear for me. They mm. held fear for me this fucking night. 
And then the uh, what else? Holy shit! Yeah, man, sounds intense. Yeah, man. You know what? What I like to think is like, what if you were actually looking into another reality where that was happening? Like, you fireballs were falling. Yeah, police were after you. There was a, a, a unseen force, which is an authority force that was after you. Yeah. Your friend did age in another parallel reality. Yeah. Your yeah. the the lady in the front was yeah. a, a a shapeshifter. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just couldn't handle it. Make context of it. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Could that be possible? It it very well could be. It's like it put it this way. It was the most bizarre like experience i've ever had like mm. in terms of just visualize like it is the most visually intense trip <laughs> i've ever had yeah and i've had some pretty big ones yeah. like um i remember at a mate's box party legendary box party the actual logo of the box of the podcast is actually going to be a tribute to that party okay um uh so yeah that's what that is um but I was, at this point, I think I was on two or three tabs of very, very strong acid. And um, it was fantastic. This was a good trip. This was a nice trip. I dreamed there's a dam 500 meters or so away from the house. Right? I, in my head, I was walking down at the very edge of the dam. Right? My friend Corey, who's the butt, comes up, taps me on the shoulder. He says, Alex, are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah. And he was like, you, I was like, yeah, I don't, Corey, I'm fine. But like, I was down at that dam a second ago. And he was like, nah, man, you've been looking at it for a few hours, but you've just been standing here. And I was like, a few hours. It's like, I've only Damn. been doing it for like 10 minutes. He was like, no, you've been looking at that dam for like two hours, bro. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> so like, that was pretty. That's pretty like, hectic. Yeah. You know, th- there's a part of me that that likes to believe that maybe you were at the dam, mm. like your consciousness was able to separate from your body. I really want to believe that. And you were there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to believe that too. Well, I mean, the dude who invented it, the LSD, um, I was reading this a bit. I'm so bad for names. I've completely forgotten his name. Albert Hoffman? I think that might be it. He, um, he said LSD was medicine for the soul, mm. which is like, man, like I remember the first and second time I did LSD, like, because of the people I was with and the environment I was with and, like, the emotions we were going through, like, I got out of that and, like, I was like, fuck, I feel so much better. Mm. I was like, geez, that was something else. Mm. It's like, so it's like, if anyone's listening, do psychedelics. Um, but bear in mind, you can freak out. Uh, that can happen, you know. Mm. So, um, but, yeah, the other thing, too, I wanted to talk about to circle back, but when you were in the Amazon, and you were, you were like doing with ayahuasca. Yeah. Like, what is the length on the trip of that? Well, the length on the trip varies. So it can be anywhere from four hours to six hours. Right. Or four hours to eight hours. Right. Okay. But the intensity of the trip can come in waves, usually around the second hour mark to four hour mark. Right. And dependent, there's so many different variables, man. It's not just about taking the ayahuasca. That's the the final thing in the in the whole sort of barn of steps to take. Right. The most important thing is diet. When you're going to the rainforest, when you're going to the Amazon jungle, right, mm-hmm. and you're working with ayahuasca, mm. there's a specific thing called dieta. Now, what a dieta is, is a mental preparation 
of cutting out certain foods and activities which are going to limit you from connecting to the intelligence that resides within ayahuasca. They call it the soul, right. the grandmother, right? So part of the dieta is cutting off sex, sugar, garlic, salt, um, uh, onions. They believe these plants also have spirits in them and these spirits are spirits of desire. So you can tell when you're cooking some garlic and onion, you just smell it. You're like, mm, God damn, mm. that fucking smells amazing. Like this, this thing turns on into you. So your whole goal when you're going into the ceremony is to turn that part off and to strengthen yourself. Because when you're in ceremony, when you've taken the ayahuasca, you're opening your mind up to another virtual reality of intelligences. Now, there's good things in there and there's bad things in there. There can be demons that can try to tempt you. They're like, hey, I can give you all that you want. You want power. You want money. Listen to me. Do this. Do that. And that's the voice in the head. That's the dark voice. It's like, grab that knife and fucking stab yourself. Or grab that knife and stab that person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's one of the most important things when it comes to psychedelics now is I, I've learned like with my work in the jungle is the ceremonial approach to them. Right. Because fundamentally, you're going into a space where you're accessing parts of yourself that haven't been accessed before. Mm. And it can be very scary. It can be, it, it's like going into a house um, and not knowing where you're walking and not knowing what threats are in the house. Right. Part of the dieta process is putting night vision goggles on. Now you're in the house, it's still dark, but yeah. you can see. Right. You have this mental force, this ability to navigate and control. So how long do you have to abstain from certain foods, sugar and sex to be at that point? Usually it's a week. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's not so it's not doable. too bad, yeah, but yeah, yeah. how the shamans train? I don't know if you're interested in this, but um, No, I am because yeah? now I'm planning the trip to the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the shaman is is the healer of the tribe. Right. Okay? These are the individuals that the tribe goes to f- for for their wisdom and their knowledge. So like in African cultures, in Siberian cultures, very native cultures, there's always like a head of a tribe. Mm. This guy runs shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's the one who's able to see into the future, predict weather, predict where a game's going to be moving. And he does this all through entering trance. Right. Now, it can be a she also, but mo- mainly it's a he. I'm right. sorry, women. It's, it's just fucking how it is. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not de- devaluing your, your position in any way. The female is so important because she holds the space for the man to be able to do that. Right. But he, he's the one who does it. Right. I, I'm just the messenger, right? Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? So... The shaman's goal is to go into trance, mm. predict weather, predict events, um, connect to the spirits of the plants mm. and animals, and learn from them to bring back healing knowledge. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what the shaman is. Right. In order to become a shaman, there's an initiation process. You can't just rock up and be like, I'm a fucking shaman. you got to go through rigorous dieta processes. So that is, each plant they believe is called, there's certain plants called master plants. Right. Now, master plants have the ability to teach you. They're like wise fucking Gandalf motherfuckers. Right. You can connect to their intelligence and everything the plant has learnt in their millions of years of evolution, you can download it. Hmm. So all of our medicine, all of our food comes from plants. Yeah. Fundamentally. Yeah. We're already using plants for medicine. Yeah. When the shaman has gone through a dieta process, 
they're essentially connecting their consciousness to that plant, making an ally, a friend, and it teaches them. When they're doing that, they got to go through rigorous dieta, which is three months, four months, fish and plantain, minimal salt, no sugar, no sex, isolation in a hut. Just fucking, they go into another world, bro. Can you imagine that? Fish and plantain. You know what a plantain is? It's like a fucking potato, bro. Yeah. And it's and no sex, nothing, and you're you're isolated for three months on end. Some shamans do it for years. They have to do this for like twenty, thirty years, man. Jesus. And only then are they capable to actually do the healing work. And these people, bro, are fucking magical. Hmm. Not to put them on a pedestal. A lot of them have dark sides. They're sorcerers in the jungle. Hmm. The ones that don't want to heal you. They want to put black magic curses on you. They want to take your energy. They want to destroy you. They want to suck your soul. And you will come across this. If if you, I'm just saying, if you're gonna to go to the jungle, yeah. But then there's really good ones too. There's really good healers, yeah. which are called curanderos, and then the the the, the sorcerers are called um, brujo. 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 Yeah. Right. And they're dark, man. They're fucking dark. Right. Okay. I remember this one story. Um, I was in ceremony, uh, in the middle of the Amazon jungle. I was there with my dad, my daughter. Uh, she was two, and I was there with my wife. And um, a Canadian facilitator and an Amazonian shaman. Middle of buttfuck nowhere, Amazon jungle, bro. It's just this little hut, dense forest. You can't hear anything at night but the sound of just roaring crickets. And we finish the ceremony, we go to sleep. And the way that you sleep is like everyone just sleeps in the hut on the floor on these yeah. little mattresses. And... um. I think 3 a.m. in the morning, we just hear, and I wake up and I just feel like, I feel sick, bro. You know when you just feel like a dark energy? Yeah. Like a dark presence? Like it's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, this is disgusting, off and evil. Yeah. Everyone woke up feeling the same way. My dad's not a very, um, what do you call it? superstitious guy mm. but his reality was shattered he was like bro this is fucking evil like something is here mm. the facilita- facilitator told us that this 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 is a bird that makes this noise it's a it's called the brujo bird what the brujo does is it connects its consciousness to this bird and remote views through its eyes right so it's almost like a drone yeah and that's the sound this bird makes in order to scare you, rattle you. And when you get rattled, it feeds off that energy. Hmm. And that gets transferred back to the shaman. The, the, not the shaman, the brujo. Brujo. There was, yeah. So you can imagine, bro, my whole sh- world was sort of shattered when I was down there thinking, th- seeing the type of beliefs they have, the world that they go through. And I was like, holy shit, man, this is Hogwarts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is wild. I mean, this is... This is pretty fucking like outlandish, amazing stuff. So the two things like I want to cover, like you've shared a lot of information with me. So two things I kind of want to cover now with it is one, what was it something, because I could never imagine doing this with my dad. Mm. What was it that did you convince your dad, talk your dad into do it? Or did your dad say it was something he wanted to try with you? Like, how yeah. does because I have certain people in my life, I tell them like, you should really try psychedelics. It's like because I I tell them like, you know what, try psychedelics in a controlled environment in a safe environment. I guarantee you, you will feel thoughts, you will um, express feelings that you are scared of 
feeling, scared mm. of saying, or maybe you didn't even know you had those feelings, but now, or maybe you had this feeling in you, but you couldn't summarize it. You couldn't word it. You couldn't, because that's one thing I find when, I, particularly when I'm on psychedelics, is when I'm on psychedelics, the I find I'm able to express thoughts, theories, and emotions mm. way better than when I'm not on it. And the thing is, when I come down and I'm not in that state anymore, it's like, man, like I, I tell the people I'm with, it's like, man, everything I said was true. Everything, like I meant every single word of it, but I can't fucking sum it up like that anymore. Give me an example. What do you mean? Oh, like I remember the second or third time I tripped. Actually, I'll use the Bucks Party story because the Bucks Party story was, I'll make a, like someday when I'm rich and famous, I'll make a story about that uh, Bucks Party. I'll make a movie about it. And we'll put in some creative extras, but there'll be some serious moments in there too. And I remember it was, yeah, this friend of mine, and it was his Bucks, and him and I have both gone through some shit, like, and to the point where we were pushing other people away, including each other. And then we kind of reconnected and we were like, man, years later. And then we're like, man, I fucking love hanging out with you. And it's so good to reconnect again after all the shit we've gone through. Um, he had some shit coming out of the army. I had some shit coming off of a breakup. It was all pretty, uh, it was a crappy time for both of us. Yeah. And uh, we just really reconnected. And then when I was on this, I was like, man, this is what you fucking mean to me. And this is what you mean to me for eternity. And it's like, no matter where I am in the world, like I fucking, I think about you. And it's like, I've worked from Queensland to up north. I've been like all over, nearly, nearly all over Australia, like when I was a Sparky, like working different places. And I was like, man, I fucking like, I've thought about you. It's like whenever I've gone and like seeing you get married now, it's like really amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I expressed that in a way that the next day he was like, we, we were talking when I was sober and he was like, man, thanks for organizing this Bucks party. It was amazing. And like, thank you for all the shit you said last night. It was really touching. And I was like, man, I wish I could have said it sooner, but like fucking. But good on you for saying it. Yeah, man. Like, Let it out. Like, yeah, yeah. How did yeah. you feel after that? Oh, so good. Like so good. Like a release, eh? Man, it, it, it's such a release. Yeah. It feels so amazing to be like, like this is what you mean to me, bro. And mm. like you, it, it, it sounds ridiculous. It doesn't. Yeah, I know. It, it. Well, I mean, not to someone like yourself, but mm. like, yeah, it's it. It is. It's a fucking. It's this feeling that you can't replicate. Mm. You know. Mm. And then you leave the trip and it's like, it's not like any other kind of drug, psychedelics. Like psychedelics really are their own animal. Like I had a friend who took some uh, acid recently and he freaked out on it. And I was like, what were you thinking was going to happen? And he was like, oh man, I thought it'd be like an edible or something like that. And I'm like, no, man. It's like, this is like, this shit will make you fucking talk to gods, man. It's like, it's, it's a totally different thing. And it can be such an amazing thing when you're with the right people in the right time yeah. at the right place. Yeah. If you're in the wrong people, wrong time, wrong place, it can fucking be a, like a trip to hell and back, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Just like everything, man, I think psychedelics um, do have their dark side also. Of course. You know, they have a beautiful and amazing light side, which I'm so fundamentally grateful for because mm -hmm. I look back at them and I'm like, they've taught me so much. Yeah. They've guided me, been there as teachers. But then also, I've had some of my most darkest and scariest life experiences on psychedelics. Mm. I mean, look look at look at um uh, the Mayans. 
right? Mm-hmm. They they were essentially a death cult. And they used to worship death gods, mm. and they used to go through psychedelic ceremonies to 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 worship um, demon gods. Yeah. So like it's just it just shows the parallels where there's like you know some communities that create amazing sort of infrastructures and communities like ancient Egypt. There's mm. strong references to psychedelics being used throughout their hieroglyphics, mm. and you look at their structures, the pyramids, the the cities that they've built, the organization, the like amazing. Yeah. But then you got the death cults. Yeah. Right? So like it's the two worlds. And I think some people aren't ready for it just yet because they've just pushed down so much stuff. Yeah. And when that surfaces, they can't deal with it. And it, that's what actually for me is like I don't want to be – I don't know. I, I've seen some fucking crazy shit when I was in um, South America, man. I've seen some people wig the fuck out but oh i bet like wild bro like because the other thing too is i'll get to back to it in a minute one subject i wanted to cover is yeah so your dad like did he say he wanted to do that journey with you or did you talk him into it or how did that go down well it was simply my first trip to south america which was with my brother and my wife uh straight after i graduated uni i was like man you know what there has to be something else out there Hmm. this can't be it Accounting Mm. and entrepreneurship bullshit. So Mm. I went traveling. And anyone out there who's young, who's a kid, who's coming out of university or or high school, go traveling. Just go for a month. Go for a week. Don't rush into it because there's nothing. Nothing at the end of where you're going for. You know what I mean? Like it's all here now. So that traveling uh, took me into the jungle and I was doing my research. And I remember my second ceremony with ayahuasca, I had – the intelligence they call Mother Ayahuasca mm. interact with me. Yeah. She told me in a very soft and clear voice, she was like, bring your dad. And I was like, what? Bring my dad. Fly him halfway across the fucking world. Mm. Make him sit in a little hut while he purges out of his asshole. You know what I mean? And purges from his mouth. Yeah. And the shaman's blowing tobacco and shit. I'm like, he's never going to do this. Yeah. But then I ended up convincing him. And It took me a month. Right. I came in like a I came in like a meteor shower, man. Left, right, and center. You know, like just like dad, you gotta come, you gotta come. And he finally, he was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for you, bro. Like, I, he didn't. You could just tell he didn't want to go. Yeah. Just he was just like, screw this. Yeah. Like I'm just doing it for him. I made him promise me. Yeah. I got I guilt tripped him. Nice. <laughs> so did when you were when you were trying to convince him, did you like were you trying to convince him that hey this could be a really good thing for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what because I, I just felt a phenomenal amount of peace, tranquility, love, clarity, understanding, direction, fear, anxiety on the on the psychedelic on ayahuasca ceremony. I felt safe because of the shamans were there, and I just thought I was like, man, you know, you could really benefit from this. Mm. And I think that that's it for me. Like I just, I just thought he would, it'd be advantage advantageous for him. Mm. And that's my because I'd really love to take. I'd really love to take a number of my siblings there. Mm. Taking my dad would be interesting. I'd also like to take him and probably my. There's so many people I would actually love to. Do that kind get of get a fucking tour with. bus. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Just rock up in the middle the of the Amazon. Is, the thing is, I <laughs> feel like we are at only a number of decades away from uh, legalizing psychedelics in uh, the Western world. Like, yeah. I feel like we're not far. 
we're not far. It's around the corner. Like it's, it's inevitable. Yeah, it, it, it's not too far away. Once they legalize weed, I feel like it will will be a rabbit hole. Yeah, and the they'll legalize psychedelics, and like I feel like that would bring a whole different avenue to like therapy for people. And it's like, yeah, man, it's like you're. Are you having trouble that expressing your feelings? It's like. Mm. Great, we're going to give you something that uh, you won't be able to stop expressing your feelings while you're on it. You know, mm. it's like going to make you give truths and say things that you would otherwise never say. It's like I feel like it is the it 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 will happen. It mm. needs to happen, and when it does eventually happen, it will be like it will be amazing for people. I feel mm. like you know. So I'm kind of can't wait for that day when it happens because there are so many people i tell them like they, they i tell them like man i love this lsd i love shrooms and they're like man how do you do that that fucks with my head and it's like man when when you get a good trip it is like no one's business it is like it it, it is like there is yeah it yeah it, it truly feels like there's some kind of ethereal power blessing you with like warmth and compassion and things like that yeah so it, it can be pretty amazing yeah and the thing is though i wonder what the more spiritual thinkers of the world think of lsd because lsd really is the only artificial psychedelic whereas ayahuasca peyote shrooms there's a few others whose names i'm forgetting right now but all of those are natural occurring things yeah so i wonder what um i mean you can cultivate yeah. them you can farm them but they are naturally occurring too so uh, what's I wonder what their thoughts are on LSD. I've never tried LSD. I've never. You um, should, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't get a calling towards it. For me, it was always either mushrooms, DMT, marijuana, ayahuasca, and um, I, I tried what do you call it? Um, was it peyote? I think it was peyote. Yeah. Hmm. No, no. Um, the other one. Ayahuasca. No, no, no. Ayahuasca. It, it, there's peyote and there's another one. The toad. No, no. Um, it's a cactus also. Oh God! You know what I'm talking I, about. I feel like I've I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. But yeah. San Pedro. San Pedro. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fucked. Why was that fucked, dude? You know how long the trip was? How long? Sixteen plus hours. Awesome. <laughs> it, it wasn't awesome, man. Because I tell you what, people started wigging out. I bet this one chick turned into a fucking snake. I swear, like she was like channeling some sort of goddess or whatever. That's what she believed. Mm. And she's moving around like a snake. And I'm just like, bro, what the? F and she's like dancing like a, what do you call it? <laughs> she's like dancing like a fucking. Um, Egyptian? Like a, like a witch or something. Nice. But now that I think about it, I was like, maybe she was just dancing yeah. and like just chilling. And I, I'm like. You were freaking I, out? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like freaking out in my old school, like British um, burn the witches mentality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. she's a witch. Burn her! <laughs> burn her! And yeah. this other lady started freaking out too. She was just like, oh, this is the devil. Yeah. And she was like panicking and stuff and like crying in front of the bus. But like 16 hours to me, too much, man. I mean, look, I think it depends on what you're trying to achieve with a trip. A 16-hour trip is fascinating to me. I would love to try it. But I totally understand that yeah. that shit is not for everyone. It's that, nah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would never do it again. Yeah. The not thing is, I feel like a short trip can be fun, but I also feel like when you are... Uh, when you are voluntarily putting yourself into something that you cannot exit from for yeah, a certain yeah. amount of time, yeah. I feel like you break through certain psychedelic 
you know, thresholds. Or you, you go know? crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you realize certain things and, you know, you might not know what so, um, threshold you might break because it's different for yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But I, to me, that's fascinating old yeah. and I would love to try it. I feel like four hours is a fuckload for me already. Like four hours, it just does, it doesn't feel like four hours. It feels like a lifetime. Mm. Uh, maybe you know the setting was off there was all these other people around there there was no there was no safety we were traveling around like it wasn't just me who was experiencing that it was multiple other people hmm. um one random chick just started wigging out just screaming off the top of her lungs you know what i mean yeah. you, you don't want that shit around you yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. so 16 hours in that sense was pretty pretty intense Were some of these people strangers Everyone was a stranger, bro. Mm. Everyone, because everyone's coming from around the whole globe to experience this medicine in, in a legalized location. So that would be so interesting because it would be. Uh, it's a fascinating thought, and I, it's something I would love to try. I'm open to trying anything, but I would. It would be fascinating to try a trip with strangers because typically when you think of a trip, oh, this would be nice to do with friends, family. Trying it with a room full of strangers would be. Mm. something totally different I it would be like. cool yeah yeah, yeah. It, w- it would be cool you'd, you'd um you could make some really good friends from that i bet yeah mm. yeah i love your moon the, the straight up moonshine jug you've bought in oh the, straight up bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i got my kombucha in this thing mm. it's a good weapon too nice so well i mean coming back to your dad like what was your dad's takeaway from the whole fucking thing i remember second ceremony in first ceremony he didn't get anything he just got frustrated. Yeah. Second ceremony, this next day, um, he's sitting in the in the room, seven o'clock at night, and I'm sitting there, I got my balls on the line too, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, fuck, bro, like this guy just flew halfway across the world, spent yeah. money, like, yeah. better feel the connection or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think two, three hours into the ceremony, he taps me and he's like, thank you. And I'm like, what? Mm. You know, Just let me r- rewind that for a second. Brown parents don't say thank you to their kids. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. of that generation. Yeah, yeah. I have never heard him say thank you to me. That was the first time I had heard him say thank you. And I was like, all right, mm. he's connected. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, after that, I just remember he was just like, damn, man, Mother Nature is God. And mm. get all philosophical and shit on me. And I was like, I told you. Mm. I told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm fucking, I'm glad. Yeah, man. I'm so jealous you got to do that with your dad. Yeah. I, I, I would. Because it's like my dad's an amazing dad, but he's much as like very much an old-fashioned sort of dad too. Yeah. Like, and you know, he's been good to me his entire life. But I feel like you know, he fucking his mother died when he was very young, and then he was left with his father, which was you know not the greatest thing for him. Mm. Um, his dad was a bit of an extremist in a few different ways and a real bad drinker, and it led to my dad to form a few bad habits of his own. Like nothing like he fucking he was never a, you know, gambling degenerate or anything yeah, like yeah. that but like yeah it's like he just never got to experience any avenue of like self-expression you know mm. like he was pretty much from t- late teenage years straight to where he is now it's pretty much just been a life of like here and now fiscal responsibility like it was always yeah. providing for kids providing for a wife providing for his mother-in-law like you know my mum's just mom, a giver yeah yeah he was just always that person so like it'd be really interesting to see what like something where it's like man it's like this thing's all about you it's all about your connection that, yeah, to yeah, it yeah. you know try and get something from it that would be really interesting because a- again no one's like 
my, my dad, and I've seen him do it, like, my dad's kind of immune to, um, um, what's it, what, what is it when someone snaps their fingers and you're there and you're in a trance? Hypnotization. He's kind of immune to that and I've seen it, like, he can't be hypnotized, um, but no one's immune to psychedelics. And, like, psychedelics are kind of like Mother Nature's trance, mm. you know, it's, it, it's something a bit different, mm. you know, so I would fucking... It'd be interesting to see him do that. I feel like you unload a lot of shit on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, it, honestly, like, looking back at it, it was one of the most sacred experiences. Mm. Like, here I am on this planet, this little gem that's floating through the galaxy at millions of kilometers per hour. Mm. This man is the one who brought me onto this planet. I was yeah. once in his nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now I'm here, like, convincing him to come to Peru, and we're sitting there, and the only reason that we're there is to connect to something greater than us yeah and realizing what's greater than us is the love between us mm. and just that that sacredness to that connection it it was just like fuck man i see it in my daughter now like when me and her are playing mm. like she doesn't care about the toys yeah she just wants dad to be there yeah yeah you know she just wants she just wants a friend yeah. a buddy in this cold world mm. and that's that's kind of what i pulled out of it and i was like yeah man it, i can I think you'd benefit from it, especially yeah. if you were to take your dad. Like, yeah. you, I feel like as, as well as that, though, I'd rather take both my brothers. Yeah. Yeah, especially, especially yeah, both of my brothers doing that with them because me and one brother have kind of fallen out over the years and I've tried patching things up. But then my oldest brother in particular, like he's, he is kind of like the archetype man that everyone aspires to be. Good-natured, stoic, but stoic, but kind, mm. humorous, charming, uh, a family man, like very, very intelligent. Like he, he's kind of like that archetype that mm. every man wants to aspire to be like. Mm. And I feel like, and, and he kind of has to be, you know, because now he's got three sons. So he's kind of got three people looking up to him to always set the example. And when you're doing that, when you're when you're trying to always set the example, I feel like, you get very little time to connect with what you want to do, you know, mm. which is, you know, maybe that's a selfish thing to say, but I feel like, you know, everyone should take some time to kind of do that, like to connect with mm. cer certainly like kind of your, certainly like what you kind of emotionally want to do, certainly. As a, what, you mean like everyone should set an example? No, well, everyone should set an ex example of, you know, what they try and try, of a good virtue that they try to do. Like, my dad says it best, like, um, uh, no one needs um, encouragement to do naughty shit. They'll find that shit themselves, you know, but people do need, yeah, and, and no one needs to try to do naughty shit. It's mm. real easy. And I've done plenty of it, you know, and I'm not really ashamed of it, but I'd hardly tell anyone to go, oh, yeah, follow me and do it. It's exploring. Yeah, it's exploring. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. I won't lie to anyone saying that it's fun. What's the naughtiest thing you've done? I can't say that on air. No? Um, yeah. Can was, you make symbols to me? Like, Listen, it was between consenting adults and some filth took place, all right? And... You know how? What is it? Male, male, female? What? It was a male, and it was myself and a woman, and actually I might be having her on the podcast. Um, and yeah, it was. It was you and a in a in a woman and a male. No, it was just me and a woman. Okay. And how dirty can it get though? Like what? 
realistically like what you, you know you? It's, like, it's not that i'm ashamed of telling you it's that i'm like worried it. that my mum might hear this podcast and i've told her you know fuck it i'll say it. um i've told her don't open anything with my name on it it's like, yeah. If anyone sends you a link that says, "Oh, listen what? to Alex's podcast," don't listen to it. What are you afraid of, though? What happens if your mum hears it? Uh, dude, judgment. Just... Yeah, yeah. Why does it matter? You're being you. You've done it, <laughs> so you're judging yourself at some fundamental level. Oh no, you're not wrong. But it's like my mum still resides in this world, and I don't want her to, you know, have to hear that. For me, it's a it's a barrel of laughs, and it's fun, and it's all in good nature. Well, what is it? Let's hear. It's, it's so. <laughs> Uh, licks. Oh, uh, licks. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I should have used this one. I always forget about the soundboard. Yeah, uh, so you can custom do that? Yeah, yeah, you can put like that. That's a pre made setting, so that came with that. Nah, fuck off. Don't run away from the question, yeah, bro. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you trying to escape. You were no, like, no. this is my door out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she was. She gave me my first golden shower. And okay. It was the first golden shower in the mouth. Was it warm? Yes, it was. Okay, was it in the shower? Yes, it was. It's not that bad. I mean, a woman pissed into my mouth. Who cares? So I, I mean, I don't, but yeah. like, I just don't want my mother to have to hear that. Um, but again, you know, how was it? Was it erotic though? Yes, it was. I yeah, can imagine yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, any act where you're getting someone else off, whether it be in a physical or mental way is in itself erotic. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, but that's kind of the way you have to look at it when you're, you know, getting into any th- any kinky fuckery. It's like, is this getting, like... Because sometimes people are mentally getting off on something, but not physically. Like, getting off on something is, is not always achieved through orgasm. Yeah, true, you know true, true. It's a it, mental place. Exactly, yeah. you know? How did it come about, though? Like, she did she mention it? Did you bring it up? No, she brought it up. And, and you were just down for it? I was like... You were probably thinking it too, though, eh? No, I was not. I thought about it last time I went and saw her. I was like, do you want to do that again? And she was like, yes. yes yeah. What- and yeah, she did it, did the deed, and then yeah. Was she at least hydrated? She was very hydrated. Okay, then it's yeah. not a big pro- issue yeah, yeah. at all, bro. If yeah, she's yeah. dehydrated, nah, bitch, you're drinking some water. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But like, yeah, that was pr- pretty much what it came down to. You um, did it. It. You said it. I said it. Fuck it. Damn. Um, you, you feel lighter? Yes. Um, okay. I'm, Do you have a line? Like, would you draw a line with doing anything with a chick? Um, like, what's what's your line? Between consenting adults, I don't think there isn't much I wouldn't try once. Mm. Um, there are some things I would not re- repeat. Okay. Um. But yeah, between consenting um, adults, there's probably not much. <laughs> I love how you keep life. saying between it's important con- consenting, specify, consenting you know? adults. It's important you started to sound like a rapist, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, she pissed in my mouth, all right? She was taking advantage of me, you know? But um, I love it. She fucking... Yeah, yeah. that was... Nice. Look, you never know when these days because, you know, what... Marilyn Manson, you know, started out as, as, yes, I'm into kinky fuckery. And now it's all come out to him. Yeah, the non-consenting kind of kinky fuckery. Mm. So it's important to specify yeah. these days. I, th- th- I like it. I like that you said that. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I actually honestly like it. Yeah, I like, like it. it's 
it oh. just clears everything up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Because then you don't know. The other person might be like thinking in their head look, like, oh. I've already, and, and look, I've already said this a few times on the podcast. I've already admitted the worst thing about me, the worst thing I've ever done, which was like when I was a teenager and I was a very, very, very angry kid in a very, very dark place. I was associated with a hate group for a little while. Yeah. And like, that's, that's honestly the fucking worst thing about me. And What's a hate group? Oh, like, man, we, we were just like this group of very, very young guys who were just hated anyone that wasn't like us. And it's very easy to get sucked into that group when you're a very, very angry young man. And like, yeah, it was a racial hate group. You know, we hated other races and like it was- You were a Nazi. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, and like, it's very difficult to like, when, when you're an angry young man and someone is telling you- yeah, you're right to be angry. It's very fucking difficult yeah. to like get away from that and go like, you know, yeah. When someone tells you you're right for being angry and this is what you should be angry about and you're a young, mm. naive person, it's very, very difficult to get away with from it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's the anger is seeking expression, an outlet. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It can find it any way, bro. Like yeah. you could be on the train and some guy next to you is breathing too loud and mm. you're just in your head, you're like, bro, this guy is pissing me off. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it could be it could be the most retardedest thing, like someone eating a biscuit. Yeah. Like, why are you crunching in my ear, man? Yeah. Like, why are you crunching in my yeah. ear? So, like, I got into that for a bit and, like, yeah, it was... I remember I said that on, like, the first or second or third podcast. No, the first one. Um, and I was just like, all right, because I was thinking, like, you know... I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan. Um, and uh, I was like, what's the worst shit that can come out about me? You know? And I was like, well, I haven't got any any Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Andrew type shit. Um, what's next? Oh, well, I got some, you know, Mark Wahlberg 90s shit, you know. I never beat the eye out of an ethnic man, but like, yeah, I was associated with that. And it's mm. like, well, if I come full circle with it now, it's kind of like confessing your sins in a way, so to speak. You know, I've lifted the burden <laughs> yeah. off my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like it's very therapeutic talking about it and telling people that like, yeah, when you're fucking angry, it's like, it's something I would definitely want to tell parents or I think parents should hear. It's like, look, if your kid finds a... Because I remember when I was a teenager, I was a, I was a boxer and I loved it. It was like the best outlet, greatest outlet ever. Mum took me out of it because my grades were getting bad. She took me out of it and my grades didn't get much better though. Mm. So like, but taking that outlet away, I think is what kind of led me to it. True. Because when I had boxing, like I was just always happy and it was an exhausting like outlet, but it was just something i wanted to do like mm. every waking hour it was it, it was my thing and uh i think when she took that away and i became angry because of that i had no other outlet and that's probably what led me to that which is you know not the path you, you really want to be fucking be going down you yeah know? yeah so it's like you want to you want to if you're going to beat someone up, beat them up in a friendly, competitive environment. Mm. Don't beat them up because, you know, they own the local 7-Eleven. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. I, I I would certainly encourage all, um, all fucking people to, like, look at that when they have children. Not that I fucking know anything about having kids myself. I hope to avoid that someday for the rest of my life, rather. Mm. Um, but I might change my mind. But yeah, other than that, kids seem like such a challenge. Like, mm. hats off to you for fucking doing it. Like, I admire parents. I would not want to be one. You know, each to their own. Yeah, it's your boat. It's your yeah. boat. I mean, this whole conversation though. Like, how did because so you studied accounting. Yep. 
raised by a I'm guessing I'm guessing you're not um, strictly Muslim yourself. Look, man, I think there's truth in every religion. Right. Okay. You know, and I, I've come Which to, is something I've, to realize I like, agree the, with, yeah. the limitations of, of identifying with one religion. Right. Like, what if I like something in the, the Bible or the Book of the Jews? And mm. what if I like something in, in rituals and practices? Yeah. It's like, what? Well, I'm everything. Yeah. You I know, mean, like, it's. I've, I create my own religion. Yeah. I have this, like. I'm trying to convince them. And the thing is, he can't disagree with me, but he's stoically sticking to his guns. My roommate, um, who's a very, very good guy, but he's like a seriously adherent Christian. And I tell him how I'm fascinated with other religions and like things like that. And I was like, man, it's like, just because you disagree with it doesn't mean you shouldn't like, doesn't mean you won't get something from it if you study it. It's like, yeah, you can can still disagree with the tenets of islam but like i bet you if you read the tenets of islam there is something in it you will find i read elements of the quran and you know the parts where it talks about hospitality like the hospitality laws of islam where um muhammad welcomed the christians when they came to mecca yeah like i found that hmm, that's not something you hear about islam every day and it's like, yeah, he allowed them to pray as Christians in his city. And he, you know, did all of that for them. And it's like, wow. Mm. And then you read about certain Islamic figures. Like, I'm a big history nerd. And I've recently been reading. I, I was more, I was into Julius Caesar for ages. But recently, I've gotten onto Saladin. And then that is another fascinating character in Islamic history and culture. Where, like, they say he... He bought like a woman, a Christian woman had her child abducted from her and the child was sold into slavery. And, you know, the other Christians said, go to Saladin. He's a generous man. He'll he'll help you. And she went, she pleaded a case and he bought her baby back for her and gave it to her. And then when he died, he he only had um, a, one gold coin and 40 silver coins on his person at the time. And like, I'm like, why? He was you know, the most wealthy man in the world at one point. And it's like, he gave all of his wealth away to the poor people of his empire. Mm. And it's like, you kind of read things about that. And it's like, how do, you know, how does that guy has more like commendable virtues in him than most popes do. Mm. And it's like the popes are our, you know, leaders of Catholicism. And it's like this guy leads, you know, fucking a holier life than any of the than any pope ever did. Mm. So it's like I find there's there's too much fascinating things about other religions and other um to to ignore, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Once you know, for me that there's two types of of learning. Especially when you're reading. Mm. One one type of reading is like you're going through all the literature to disprove a certain idea. Mm. You're like, ha, gotcha, mm. gotcha. That's bad. That's wrong. That's wrong. Ha, gotcha. This is not the true religion. My religion is the true religion. Yeah. The other type is the one that I've adopted now is just true learning. Mm. Try to understand the minds of the people who were actually writing all of this stuff mm. or the influence that was influencing their mind to, to write all this stuff. Yes. And w when you have a strong reference point to refer to on the inside, you find truth everywhere. Mm. You find information everywhere. And fundamentally what that does is it opens up your mind to infinite intelligence. Mm. 
Now you're not closing your mind off to one belief that, oh, only Islam is right. Oh, only a Catholicism. How the fuck you say it? I got a gun in my mouth. Uh, Christianity is right. Mm. It's a limitation. Mm. We're, 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 we're still kids, mm. fundamentally. Yeah. And we're still learning. Mm. Like, no one really knows what the fuck's going on on the planet. Mm. Like, we think we have a good understanding and grasp on things because we can build cities and go to the moon and stuff. But in the entirety of the situation, yeah. what is actually going on? How do we relate to each other? Who are we? Like, what is our core? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That part of you is inside you. Yeah, yeah. But the world is a reflection of it. Mm. So when you look at the world in that sense, it's like, man, everything is trying to speak to me. Mm. Everything has a mind of its own. Even the car number plates, bro. Even like the plants, even the birds, even the sounds. Like there's signs everywhere. Mm. It's just you got to be open to them. Mm. And that's when like we come into like the language of symbology. Symbolic, right, okay, yeah. The yeah. language of symbology, yeah. yeah. It's like a, for me, it's like a fourth dimensional language. Right. Communication is the 3D. Yeah. Like, I'm speaking to you now. Yeah. It takes space and time for you, for my 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 voice to reach you. Hmm. And then the space in your mind comprehends and computes it and makes sense of it. Hmm. Symbology is more like um, you see an image, Right. And you already know what that image is trying to portray. Mm. There's a deeper message to it. So the ancient Egyptians were doing this with their hieroglyphics. Mm. Where, where I think we've sort of gone astray is we've looked at, we've deciphered what each hieroglyphic means as a letter. And yes. we're looking at it very one-dimensionally. One mm. But there is information and emotions and universal information that is coded into the images. And your mind, when it sees that, it unlocks it and downloads it. Mm. So again, like it's it's just the openness and coming back to the religion thing. Like I think my my religion is fucking nature, bro. Oh man, like, you know, like I, I challenge anyone to uh, do any kind of psychedelic and not feel because what the first to the second trip, the first trip I ever did made me feel really, really, really small in the universe, which we are. Mm. But it also made me comfortable with that fact. Mm. Made me comfortable knowing like, man, there are things beyond my vision and beyond my understanding and I want to know what they are, but I'm not like scared of knowing, you know, I'm not scared of knowing what's out there. So it, it makes it makes you feel like the world's a big place. And then the second time I did it, it made me feel like I was gigantic which in some sense, like I remember someone, like I, I was listening to a podcast about psychedelics and they were talking about how, you know, there's a, uh, there's like a religious thought that, well, it's kind of like a spiritual thought, a, a spiritual theory, which is like a man in the modern day has died and he goes up and he meets a man and he's not sure if it's God. And he was like, are you God? And he's like, well, we'll get to that. Um, he was like, but before I judge you, you get to ask me uh, some questions, like any questions you want. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm dead now. Um, is my family going to be okay? And he was like, oh, well, um, you know, the world is, is a big place. Things can happen, but I think your family will be okay. And uh, I think it's good that you care about your family. So he was like, okay. And, um, and then he was like, okay, so what happens to me now? He was like, oh, I'm going to send you back to 400 BC where you'll, you'll be a woman living in 400 BC's Persia. And he was like, what? And he was like, no heaven and hell. And he was like, it was like, it doesn't work that way. And he was like saying, it was like, 
basic and basically the understanding of that theory was though is that because humanity you know enjoys this level of conscience consciousness we're all like conscience consciously connected like throughout time you know mm. it's like the store and that's kind of how we've we've kind of put that connection into words through religion in some sense yeah. you know because people get mm. very passionate about religion and they find meaning in religion and people carried it on through years in like multiple different aspects whether it be you know ceremonies or you know preaching or, or things like that so when i heard that i was like that kind of put into perspective the first two trips i had one where i felt infinitely small mm. and one where i felt large you know mm. so that was that good, was something. good contrast yeah exactly good connection between the two yeah the second, like, one thing before I get into the last segment of the week is I wanted to ask, obviously, you're a stand-up. You're, a, you're an aspiring stand-up. Um, what made you want to get into stand-up comedy? Like, because uh, you sound, you've gone to university for accounting. So, quite, quite a few accountants I know who are also stand-up comedians. Yeah. You, so, you've done that. You've traveled the world. You've done all of these psychedelics, you know. You're a come from like a conservative Muslim background. Stand up comedy. It's it's not like it's not bizarre that you landed upon that, but it's not like hmm. There's a combination here that isn't quite making sense. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll give you the bridge in between. Okay. So my main passion is healing. Right. Healing work. Mm-hmm. Hence why I was researching. And um, looking into different modalities of how to be able to heal. Mm. And psychedelics was one of them. Mm. Through them, I found a huge benefit in which I was able to heal myself. Mm. And after that, I realized the potential that I have. So I uh, took coaching as a a deep interest. So Mm. I am a trained relationship coach. Right. Um, by relationship, the most important relationship I believe you have is with yourself. The relationship you have with your thoughts, your emotions, with your past, with your future, with food, with people around you, with family, with friends, everything is relationships. Mm. When you enhance your own relationship with yourself, everything benefits. Mm. Everything else manifests in reflection of that. So what I did was I merged all these different realities, which was the shamanism side, Mm -hmm. Researching that and then doing the practical, strategic, interventional coach work, creating my own practice. Yes. And I found comedy to be one of the most healing and beneficial things for the soul. Because when someone's laughing, Mm. you're actually taking them away from the future and Mm. the past. Yeah. That's where all their problems are. Yeah. Your problems aren't in the now. Yeah. If you think your problems are in the now, then you're either in the future or in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a very good analogy. Yeah. yeah. So I want to bring them into the present. Mm. And when I can bring them into the present through changing their emotional state by making them laugh, mm. you're a fucking wizard. Mm. And that's why I love comedy. Mm. So part of that is I also do film production and content production and um, media work. Just bringing the image in my mind out into the world. Yeah, right. So that's why I find comedy. I find yeah. it fucking – I just it's an expression. You go up there, you talk shit. The other thing too about, um, I mean, I, I love that analogy where it is like a healing force because I do think it definitely takes you away from troubles that should be ignored, you know. Um, I, I certainly think it grounds people. But also the one thing I think it does is it gives, 
humor is like an equalizer between mm. people. You know, it's like because every culture and every religion it has something to point and make fun of. And the thing is, though, I feel like the every every culture has something to revere to it as well. But everything has got something you scratch your head over and go, "Hmm, that's funny." So I feel like comedy is the equalizer of that, which is where everyone comes together and they say, "Hey, this is uh, we've all got something weird about each other that we can make fun of." Yeah, and it's yeah. like you know you, you put a room full of people and they're all willing to laugh at other people and I have other people willing to laugh back at them. Mm. I kind of feel like, yeah, that, that acts as the great equalizer for mm. it. And it's like it it kind of brings people together in a way that normally they wouldn't. Yeah. You know? Well, it's instant relatability. Mm. The second you laugh with someone, you break the ice. And that's yeah. it. At that point, you become human. Yeah. You're just like, this is me. This is another human. We're laughing. At, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And like, there's no... All other differences fall away. Mm. And that's a great place to start a relationship, mm. to start a friendship, to start whatever you want. Mm. Second last thing I want to ask you on a slightly less serious note. Um, working in a bar, I observe a few different things. I'm working in FIFO for many years. I observed a few different things. One thing I observed is I noticed um, Indians and Pakistanis, to get onto a touchy subject, are a little bit like Australian and New Zealanders. Mm. I want your thoughts on this. Because when someone confuses an Australian with a New Zealander, they're not offended. Oh, I'm not New Zealand, I'm, a, I'm Australian. When you confuse a Kiwi with an Aussie, the Kiwis can be very offended. Yeah. Like, I'm not fucking Aussie, I'm a fucking Kiwi, bro. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed when you, when like I've seen Indians be confused with Pakistanis, Indians get quite defensive. Whereas Pakistanis, it's kind of like the other way, where it's like, oh, no, I'm not Indian, I'm Pakistani. Your thoughts? Have you have, have you noticed this observation too, or is it just something I'm noticing? Well, John, let me ask you something. <laughs> What's up, Alex? Oh, is it Alex? Yes. Oh, fuck. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. What I did there was I pretty much um, created the same scenario of when people think of me as Indian. Yeah, it's not that I'm offended by Indians. It's yeah. at the core of it. You know what it is? Yeah. It's you being misidentified. Yes. People not recognizing you. So when yes. I said John, in the back of your head, you're like, fuck, man, this guy doesn't even know my name. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you feel unheard, unseen, irrelevant, not yes. valued. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really about the country or right. where you're from, but it's just at the core of it, humans have this, or at least, you know, every, what I've encountered in myself mm. is is this this part of myself which is unheard, mm. which has been misunderstood. And when people be like, oh, you're from India, that thing gets triggered. Mm. Well, realistically, what the fuck is it? India and Pakistan are the same thing, bro. Mm. Only 54, uh, uh, 60 years ago, there was an artificial line that was built there. Mm. It's like a fence, bro. It's not even, it doesn't even go the whole way. Yeah. H how can something like that trigger an emotion in you that's so strong? I look at the core of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is that emotion of feeling unseen, mm. not being recognized. Right. But it does happen. I'm not going to lie. Mm. People call me Indian before. I'm like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I, I, bro, I, my, my car was in a, a car accident and um, it was a Volkswagen. And the, what do you call it? The insurance company gave me a Toyota Camry. Right. And I'm driving this thing around. And my partner usually sits in the back. 
with my daughter. Yeah. And I'm just driving this thing around. And every time I stop at a red light, I just see these other Uber drivers and they're just waving at me and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I realized later on, these motherfuckers thought I was an Uber driver also. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm there trying to justify to them. I'm like, no, yeah. I ain't no Uber driver, bro. You know what I mean? Like, so it's these... These things that the mind creates, but eventually when you just have a laugh at yourself yeah. and you, you pop out of it. Yes. You see it. Yes. I like that. This is it. I mean, I kind of get that uh, funny look when I go on a night out and like I'm, I'm hanging around other white people that kind of look like me. Yeah. They come up to me and they're like, oh, mate, you know, have you got any coke? And it's like, I'm not a cokehead. I'm a fucking tripper. All right. <laughs> We're different. All right. Yeah. Yes, I like drugs. If you're offering me coke, I will do it. Uh, but tripping is my thing, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah. I kind of get that yeah. to put some a light, very disheartening aspect on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to get into the last aspect of the day. Now, have you listened to the show before? No. Good. Um, because you will be introduced to a segment of it that I'm very excited for you to be because you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. Cool. Um, was really enjoyed our like topics about psychedelics. I really loved that. But I do this uh, segment. I do this segment called Non-Pedophile of the Week. Okay. Now, uh, I don't know how far you go into the theory, but I have the theory that most people at the higher echelons of entertainment are the non-consenting kind of degenerate. They are mostly pedophiles. Um, Harvey Weinstein is a prime example. Mm. Now, not all of them can be. The, uh, the mathematics of it have shifted after about 2005. Less of them became pedophiles, but a lot of them before us are still are. We can't go naming names or we'll be sued or Jeffrey Epstein, i.e. assassinated. Um, uh, so that's what will happen. So we go around naming people who we think are not pedophiles and I present an argument for it and you can disagree. Okay. Okay. The people we, some of the names we have listed, Carl Urban. Don't know him. Um, you would if you saw his face. Yeah, probably. Did you see the movie Dread? No. Okay. The new t- latest TV series, The Boys? No. Okay. Um, Lord of the Rings. The Gandalf guy? No. Um, he was a slightly background character, but we won't go into that. Okay, okay. Um, no, no. But Carl Urban. Okay. We've done Ben Affleck. We've done Tom Cruise. And last week we did... Uh, fuck, who did we do? We, we've done Denzel Washington. And we've done. Fuck, who did Ziggy pick? I'm so upset. I've forgotten the one Ziggy picked. And it was a good pick, too. He picked it. Um, normally it's me picking it. But this week we've. Oh, that's right. We did a politician, um, Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Mm hmm. Yeah. And. Um, but the pick for this week was we're going to do a musician. Because we've done mostly actors and we've done a politician. Okay. We're going to go with Dave Grohl this week. Um, from the Foo Fighters. I don't know I, who the fuck that is. Sorry? I don't know who it is. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's good. I won't get any argument on it then. Right. Uh, but basically, he has the three main criterias for it. A long-time family man, all the same kids with the same wife. Because one thing, if I've noticed with it, um, is people who later come out as being sexually, you know, the wrong kind of degenerate. They fucking jump from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage. Mm. In search of something. I'm not naming names. Mm. Yes, they're searching for something. Dave Grohl um, has had only two marriages. One ended after three years. 
Not great, but another woman he's been married Short. to for since 2003, so nearly 20 years. And he has three children with uh, that lovely woman. So that is why D- um, Dave Grohl gets my tip pick of the week this week. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so I got to pick someone too? You can disagree, but because you didn't know Dave Grohl, I'm going to let you pick someone. Okay. So I got to pick someone who's not a pedophile. Not a pedophile. Okay. I don't know, bro. Oh, come on, man. Think about it. Think about it. The audience is waiting. You kind of sound like a pedophile. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> uh. Explains the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would say just kids, generally. You know what I mean? Like, pedophile. They, they haven't been... They haven't been um, they haven't been tainted just of yet. I'll take that. I know, like they're pu- pretty pure just of yet. Mm. So it's a safe bet. Because yeah. nowadays you don't know who the fuck is a pedophile. Like, you, I don't know, bro. Look, like, Jeffrey Epstein came and flipped the whole thing on its head, I feel like. Did he end up anything happening to him? Like what happened to him? Uh, he ended up uh, killing himself in prison. He was assassinated in prison and it was made to look like suicide. So, yeah, mm. true. So Yeah, that's wild, bro. Yeah. But like that kind of whole thing, whole, flip the whole thing on its head, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, which is why I do this to keep it in the news because it feels like the Jeffrey Epstein thing happened and then COVID came. We forgot about him. Okay. And then a sexual allegation came out about Prince Andrew and, you know, that kind of got a little bit of the news. But then we also kind of got distracted by the Johnny Depp Amber Heard fiasco. True. So it's kind of gone from one thing to the other to the other. So it's like... These little things keep popping up, which distract us from, like, asking the question of who else went to Jeffrey Epstein's island? Because we know a few people went there. Who? Uh, Bill Clinton uh, went there multiple times. Um, Chris Tucker went there quite a few times. Really? Yeah. Um, What's the reason that they go there? Well, he was running a underage sex ring on the island. So, like, that's... Basically, he was... Wait, so they found people there? That yeah, were they, they, they found these young Americans. Who's they? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein no, no, and no, who, his... Who's, like, the police? FBI? Oh, in terms of who found them. Well, what originally started was a, a woman came forward and was like, this is what's fucking happening. And they were like, how do you know this? It was like, well, initially I was uh, propositioned to be part of it. And she went into the whole thing about how, like, she was 14 or 15 and, you know, it was paid money. And then eventually it was like they brainwash you into thinking it's normal and things like that. And then these women who were originally the uh, fucking sex slaves are uh, turned into the recruiters for them. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, and then they're paid even more money. Damn. So it's kind of like a fucking cycle of abuse where, like, you know, oh, I'm going to be abused and now I'm going to find mm. more women to be abused. And that thing was going on. Like, they reckon it started in, like, the 80s. Jeffrey Epstein started in the 80s and he was doing it for, like, a full-on 20 to 30-year period. And, like, yeah, like, if you look up the Netflix document, there's a Netflix documentary about Jeffrey Epstein which lays it all out pretty fucking well. Mm. And like, yeah, and then one of the things they go into it about is like, who else was on that fucking island? Because I know Prince Andrew was, Bill Clinton was. Um, How do they know these people were on the island? There's photos of them. 
on the island. Yeah, there's photos of them on the island with the victims too. There's a photo of, of one of the women who came forward as a victim. The photo was dated. She knows what date it was there. And she was like, yeah, I was 16 in this photo. And yeah, she's in, she's in a photo with Ghislaine Maxwell, who's Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. <laughs> and who was like another recruiter for it. And fucking Prince Andrew. And what, like, what do you think? Like, if this is legitimately happening, like, what do you think they're getting out of this? Like, uh, like psychologically, like, as as, what do you think they're, they're getting from it? Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, or whoever's partaking in these activities. Well, I know what their material. I can I theorize what they're getting out of it materially. Um, I think Jeffrey Epstein wants blackmail material over powerful people in the world, influential people, powerful people. That that'd be the only way you could have power over them. Yeah. Because if they financially they could be more richer than you and then meaning more resources and yeah. more connections and networks. But you got fucking dirt on them that will bury them for life. Mm. Like But wouldn't they know this? Like coming to the island? Um, I just think they're willing to take the risk. Where it's like <laughs> That's pretty stupid. Yeah, I mean I think I think Yeah, I, I that's that, that's pretty stupid. I also think, think, think about small, it this way: like you're going to go to an island. There's young people there. I don't know what's going on, but it's like you're potentially going to be blackmailed with this information. But you still go, mm. but like, unless I'll, they didn't know about it. Do you know what I mean? Like he had ulterior agendas where he's just being all friendly. It's like, hey, come down to the island, bro. I'll hook you up. You know what I mean? Like I think it's partly that. I think it's it's multiple aspects of multiple things. Like I think I think there's probably other people who wanted influence over someone. So they were directed to Jeffrey Epstein and these people said to Jeffrey Epstein, Oi, I'm sending you someone, do the thing you do and I'll pay you money to do it. And he was like, oh, okay. And then mm. they were like, you give me the blackmail material because I want it over that person. I was like, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then it's like an extortion thing. Mm. And, you know, so it's like, it fucking happens. I, I think Donald Trump was on the island. Bill Clinton was on the island. Hillary Clinton was on the island. Um, Wait, was Donald Trump definitely on the island? or Definitely he, on the island. He was on the island. He was on the island at least once. And this man is a president of the USA. He was. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think the world's a bit fucked? Yes. A bit crooked? Yes, I do. It's a yes, bit of a mental I asylum? Yeah, 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 I did a blog yeah, yeah. on this a while ago yeah. saying that we've just accepted the insanity of this world, the yeah. wars, the killings, yeah. the sacrifices, the And the, it's the not rape, common the people drugs. making the decision it's, anymore. It's, yeah, it's like, and these people are in leadership yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah at least from what we're talking about like they're in places of influence mm. if you were an alien looking at this planet you'd be like bro that place is pretty fucked yeah yeah that place is pretty neck level you know yeah. what i mean like and we're just walking around like yeah we're chilling bro you know yeah, we're yeah. just fucking coburn like you know what i mean just, just leaning just uh, things are just normal to us yeah exactly and people say oh we're the top fucking we're, we're the Human beings are top of the food chain. It's like, no, we're not. Yeah. We're the yeah. only fucking animal that pays to be here. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Straight up. We're the only animal that pays rent to live on the planet, yeah, bro. Exactly. We've got it wrong yeah, in some it's, way. It's 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 an extremely fucked up system we've we've adopted. Um, but I don't know how we're going to fix it. So I'll just rant about how it is. I think psychedelics is a massive step to fix it. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. yeah because yeah, 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 yeah. once we start accepting a new reality within the mind, mm. that's where everything begins. Because mm. every idea, every solution, every invention ever created on the planet started in the mind. Mm. Every solution too. I think I said that already, but um, <laughs> yeah. but the <laughs> no. psychedelics will give us new, new doors. I think at the very least, it will make people more compassionate with other people. Fucking better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... Um, 
It's um <laughs> the woman who are these meant to be on, by the way? Yeah, so you can hear shit like this. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But otherwise, they're, they're, there's no point of them having one? Um, well, I wear them just so I can hear the playback of me. I, I can't really hear the playback. Uh, well, I can turn up for you. Yeah. Doesn't matter I got big ass monkey ears, man. Got big like, ass monkey ears. Uh, <laughs> clipping on there. Nice. Nice. But like, it's, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking old world we live in, like at at this time and place, mm. and like it's it's probably why odd people like me occur who, um, come along and then, you know, most men in FIFO are all dating younger women. Um, you know, I came in and I was like, well, I only date older women, um, and then most people on in FIFO are cokeheads, and it's like, oh well, I love you know fucking dropping tabs, um. And then when I got into comedy, I, I'm i not fucking anything special in comedy because there are literally so many fucking odd people when it comes to comedy. Anyone who's willing to get up on stage and attempt to make other people laugh has something odd about them. Yeah. Um, what makes them odder is the ones who stay. The ones oh, who don't yeah. give up. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they just know. There's like, fuck it. Just keep on persisting. Mm. Today might not be the day. Tomorrow not, might not be the day, but mm. just keep on going. Mm. Just keep on going. Mm. That that's that's my type of art. I like that. I'm yeah, like, I mean, for me though, it's such a high. I fucking yeah, love it way yeah. too much to stop. And the thing is, I kind of landed on the conclusion that the world is so fucked, and it's probably not going to get better for a while. Comedy seems like a really good thing to do because no house is affordable. Um, Straight up. Uh, like inflation's on the rise inflation's on the rise i want to go Shit. traveling and yeah. things like that um i only date older women who are barren and can't have children anymore so how old are you talking are you like 10 15 how old are you 24 how old are you talking then uh, i think the i think the nothing old... wrong with some grandma pussy it's not i think the <laughs> oldest woman i ever dated was 60 60 yeah yeah, yeah. um she like you like mature you like I do. The, yeah. I do. I also like it because usually they have money. Yeah. And I'm a real greedy whore. True, and, true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, bro. I imagined you in a pole just then like stripping. I, I <laughs> you got to deal it up your ass. If someone was willing to pay for it, I'd fucking do it, bro. I'll give you 50 bucks from that wallet, bro. Oh, well, my own wallet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, fuck it, done. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'd consider it, you know. Yeah, you know, everyone says they have a side hustle. Well, I'm going to start mine. So, well, if it you know. fucking makes you money, man, if it gets you out of this inflationary pit that we're in, man, why not? Man, like, yeah, this is why I'm going to start an OnlyFans. So. Do it. Yeah. I was so, thinking of starting an OnlyFans too. It's not going to be any sexual content. It's Same. just going to uh, be words of affirmation. Um, and uh, yeah, anyone can subscribe to it. I feel yeah. like that would be very funny. I just wanted to be doing reviews on pornos. Do you know what I mean? Like That's I was watching one. a porno the other day and I saw this full on white guy, but he had a black dick. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, how is this even? Bro, I'm not even. This guy was white. This guy was like pastor white, right? Pastor as in the Christian pastor. Yeah. And he had a black penis. It was just the weirdest thing, man. Like, and it wasn't like a clip on. It was just a black dick. And I just, I was, I was just shocked. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, it'd be cool to put a fan, like OnlyFans thing out where I'm just like reviewing pornos. You know what, though, recently? I'll tell you something. Give us between me and you. Okay. And all the guests on here. Yes. And the rest of the internet. Go on. I've been watching 70s porn. 
And that shit is fire, bro. I tell you why, man. The women are real. There's no implants. The tit size is real. Mm. The men's dick size is real. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not like this monstrous Godzilla cock. It's like it's just a real person. Real person. Yeah. And it's they got a nice bush. I like a little bush. You know what I mean? Like I'm not opposed to bush at all. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's just it, even the sounds and shit they make. Now when I'm watching porno, it's like I'm fucking looking at a blowfish man. Like her yeah. face is like left this that. Like the guy is like. I don't know what's even going on anymore. Well, I'm, a, I'm two things. I am seriously like, I feel like I have dated a micro number of younger women. So you're gonna say micro penis? Like I dated a no, that's my penis. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I have dated like a micro percentage of younger women. Most of them have been emo chicks, and um, which are their own delight in themselves because they're fucked up. Um, but, uh... The pissing in the mouth makes yeah, sense yeah. now. <laughs> it's all starting to make sense. That shirt, it's, it's a bit fucked up now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like, it's I'm like yeah, you're thinking to yourself, what house have I entered? <laughs> Bro, uh, I'm weird as fuck, man. Like, I'm, I'm chilling. Oh, really? Doing psychedelics with your dad? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it, bro. But, um, the... Another... So, I'm a serious proponent for, like, emo chicks, uh, older women, and muscle mummies. Muscle mummies? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mus- Chick- chicks who definitely are not shy about training up a body. Training up a body? Yeah, I love to see it. Okay, so I, li- I want, I want, to, I like this. Okay. So you like emo women? Yeah. Which what does an emo woman symbolize to you? Uh, just mental illness, which equals kinky sex. Mm, okay, cool. And then, um, what is an older woman? Yeah. Money, finance. Confidence, too. The maturity. Older women are confident, yeah. mature, yes, yes. And something else? Muscle mummies. Muscle mummies. So, yeah. like... Um, yeah. Mm. So, if you're a 35-year-old emo muscle mummy um, and you need some young love in your life, you just reach out to me. I'll vouch for the man. He's got a good mustache. He's got a good beard. Thank Looks you. like he lifts. Um, he, he would be able to pick you up and slash you across the floor. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. That's a that's a very. I love that review. Like I got uh, you, bro. Yeah. Once I, got I you. once I start my OnlyFans, I'll send you some links <laughs> for the review. Um, no, but guys, but uh, bro, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, something a little bit different from some of the other episodes, but you know what? Every episode of this has been a little bit different, which is why I've enjoyed doing it. It was fun. So, man, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Give a big round of applause to. Come on, thank you. No, man, you've been amazing. Guys, uh, I'm going to quickly plug the show. Guys, you can uh, now find the podcast on Spotify at Profeshi Anal Degen A-Rates. Um, that is a, what originally started as a dyslexic spelling mistake we kept in because we thought it was funny. Um, so, yeah, Professional Degenerates on Spotify and Patreon. Um, you can donate to Patreon. And if you do, you can be involved in non-pedophile of the week discussion. Um, keep the conspiracy theory alive. Don't forget Jeffrey Epstein. Um, the other t- thing too is promote my socials, Alex Flay. That's Flay spelled F-L-E-A-Y. It's a French name. That's why it sounds funny. Um, and so, yeah, that's my plugs. Bro, would you like to plug anything yourself? Sure. Um, look, find me on TikTok, Hamad HTC. I drop a lot of content on shamanism, my comedy work. Um, I do a lot of uh, – what else do I do? Um, a lot of my relationship coaching stuff. It's just a mix of my mind in TikTok. Um, I'm also on on Patreon, but you can just find all my links through there and my YouTube channels. I do podcasting with a, a show called Four Questions. And, yeah, that's it.
So thanks for a lot. Thank you, bro. Thank yeah. you for coming on. All right, guys, that is the professional degenerates wrapping up this wonderfully bizarre conversation. <laughs> <laughs>